The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business has a variety of degree options for business professionals, including two different MBA options, the Working Professional MBA and the Executive MBA. The following discussion will explore the differences and similarities between the two programs in order to help you find the best program for your situation. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. My name is Sarah Dewar. I am the Senior Assistant Director for MBA Recruiting and Admissions here at Fisher College of Business. With me today, I have two of my colleagues that will be chatting about the difference in professional MBA program and the executive MBA program, two distinct offerings we have at Fisher. First, I'll introduce Dr. Jay Wellman as the director of the Working Professional MBA program and associate professor of finance department, and Dr. Ben Campbell, the associate professor of management and human resources and a core professor in the executive MBA program. So Jay and Ben, we'll go ahead and just start with the Working Professional Program and get started here. Um, Jay, we require at minimum two years of work experience for the Working Professional MBA application purposes. Um, can you describe what an ideal candidate for this program looks like? Maybe what type of experiences they should have before beginning the program like our Working Professional Program? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. So uh, our program has, uh, it brings students with a wide variety of working backgrounds. And, and like you just mentioned, we require a minimum of two years of work experience, but we also have students that have 20 years of work experience. Uh, the median level of work experience, and this is full-time professional experience that we're talking about here, uh, is about seven years. Um, but we certainly have a wide distribution. And, uh, you know, if we were to sort of look at some characteristics of students that would kind of be ideal candidates for our program, uh, we look for certainly people that are looking to make a switch in their career. So people that have come down a career path, gained some skills, but have a new passion that they want to use the WP program to make a switch into. And then we certainly have plenty of people who are perfectly happy with their current career path. And so they want to use the WP MBA degree to um, move themselves into sort of the upper echelons of their organization or perhaps change organizations within the same career path. And then we also have um, a number of students that come to our program with an idea that they want to run their own business. So they've taken the experience that they've had thus far and they want to pair it with our coursework, which um, includes, uh, you know, education across the 11 core disciplines that we define in business um, to get themselves that uh, background in strategy and marketing and um, product development and things of that nature um, for them to be able to start their own business that they wish to do so. And then finally, we also have a lot of students um, that come uh, to our program who are already OSU employees and through our uh, very um, uh, beneficial staff benefits package is, um, you know, certainly a key draw for those students. And so overall, we're looking for somebody who's a striver, somebody who uh, looks at what they are currently doing, the full-time position that they are in, and is looking for this degree to um, allow them to do something more, something that's, um, you know, that allows them to get promoted sooner, allows them to make that switch sooner, allows them to run their own business sooner. And uh, they look at this program and, uh, you know, recognize it's uh, high ranking, recognize the fact that it's been a longstanding program here at Ohio State and um, and come to us with this idea that they're willing to take on this very significant workload along with their full time position to be able to make this MBA happen. 
And so um, with our students, yeah, so one more thing I should mention is that uh, um, if we have students that come to us that have more than four years of work experience when they apply, uh, one thing that we've adopted recently is that we've um, allowed students to waive out of having to take uh, standardized tests like GMAT or GRE. And so students that are applicants that come to us with that four years of work experience, uh, if one of those impediments is the thought of, boy, having to knuckle down and study for another standardized test, which may have been a while for them, uh, we do have that waiver plan in place. Good. I'm glad you touched on that. Oftentimes there's confusion of the program minimum and the GMAT waiver minimum requirement. So Jay is right. In addition to the work experience, the admissions committee will evaluate a few other things, but definitely additional experience helps maybe give you a chance to get out of that standardized test. So thank you, Jay. Um, so Ben, turning to Executive MBA or EMBA program, um, with the application requiring a minimum of eight years professional work experience, um, emphasis on leadership roles, describe what the ideal candidate looks like. So we put a lot of emphasis on demonstrated leadership experience, yeah, as you mentioned, that we are looking for people who have 10 plus years of experience, a lot of that in senior leadership positions, that we really want to put together a cohort of students who are leaders, have demonstrated that, and are looking to move their careers to the next step. And so we are looking for students who want to come and have, who are in senior leadership at their current organization, but who are looking to enhance their impact on their organization to take their organization that they're already leading, to take the whole organization to the next level. And we're also looking for students who are looking to advance their careers in different ways also of seeing other opportunities where they can put their leadership skills and experience to work if they have just a little bit of extra background, extra experience. And so uh, the EMBA program, it's really focusing on people who are currently in senior, senior leadership, who are then looking to elevate even farther. Would you say it's very important for them to have been in a senior leadership role or have plans to be in a senior leadership role prior to enrollment in the program or really kind of the eight years of holistic leadership experience, whether formal or informal would suffice? So the, the eight years of experience, some of that in a leadership role, like that will get our attention in the application process. But when I'm thinking, what is the ideal candidate? Who do I want us to build a cohort around? It's people who have yeah, 10 to 15 or, or 20 years of, of real demonstrated leadership experience. Good, thank you for clarifying. Coming back to both programs, one of the main fundamental differences between the two is the format and the structure. Um, format and structure can affect many things, such as the curriculum, the student experience, the time to completion of the program, and even the overall cost of the program. The EMBA program is a fast-paced 17-month program that only meets once a month for three days, and students are with the same cohort during, during the entire experience. Ben, can you speak a little bit more to that format and how it impacts their overall experience in the program? So I'm a big fan of this cohort-centric approach in the EMBA program. And so we bring in a cohort of just spectacular people. We bring in one cohort a year in December, and students are with this cohort with every class throughout the rest of the program. 
And so why I like this model is this model allows the students to really create deep lifelong relationships with their peers that you're spending time in class together, you're going on trips together, you're spending time out of class together. Like this is how you make networks that will last forever. Uh, also, this cohort-centric approach allows us to do some really powerful things with how we deliver the curriculum. For example, since everyone is taking the same classes at the same time, we can integrate content and discussions across the different subject areas. So it's easier to draw connections to and build on content in other classes as a teacher when I know that all students have had that content. And basically business challenges are never siloed. They never just fall in one area. Business problems span multiple perspectives and this integrative teaching model facilitates teaching this. Uh, also this cohort centric approach allows us to build in trips, to build in immersive experiences. Uh, for example, all students get to go together on a trip to Silicon Valley to meet with and explore all aspects of that business ecosystem. Since this is a shared experience, it clearly deepens the bonds between the students, but it also allows us to tailor the curriculum throughout the program to prepare students to get the most out of that experience, and then to put that immersive experience to work in their subsequent classes. And you know, finally, with this cohort-centric model, it gives the program a lot of flexibility to customize the program to each cohort. Some cohorts have different interests than others. We can tailor the electives to match the interests and needs of each cohort. Thank you so much for that. Now, the one question I get, and I'm curious how your format, as it does differ from the working professional program, is what is out of class time or expectations in terms of how much time per week um, or what is expected of the students when you're only meeting three days a month? What does the other <laughs> time look like? So I, I look at the monthly in-person weekends as being really the culmination of the students' prep work and virtual team meetings that happen between the sessions. And I think on average, students spend around 10 to 15 hours of prep work before each weekend. Much of that is done in the context of their virtual teams. And the idea is that you are part of a cohort of some really impressive individuals and it makes the best use of everybody's scarce resources, their time, if we make sure we are all helping each other out and learning from each other. And so a lot of the prep time is done with a team of, of peers where you're learning from each other uh, in preparation to put that in practice when we get together on campus. Oh, thanks. Sounds very collaborative. Um, and on the other hand, Fisher's nationally ranked working professional program is more self-paced, just as collaborative, but maybe in a different way. Most students are taking around six credits per semester, um, allowing students to complete the program in about two and a half years, but having up to five years to complete. Um, the pace of the program has some cost benefits if you're using a tuition reimbursement from your organization um, that may have a maximum amount per year. Um, so, Jay, can you talk a little bit about experience for the MBA students as a self-paced program? Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of what you touched on was the key factor about our program is that it's flexible. And so, as you mentioned, 
you know, the median student probably takes between two and a half and three years to complete the program, but you have up to five years to be able to complete the program. And so it's flexible in that you can start the program in January, you can start the program in August. Um, very flexible in terms of our course offerings. I mean, our sort of standard um, method of delivery was uh, weeknight classes and still is. So you take classes anywhere Monday through Thursday evenings, but uh, more recently we've been adding course offerings on the weekends. So a class that runs basically all day Saturday um, that would cover one week's worth of material in that Saturday class. And so um, now that we also have the capability of uh, delivering our materials um, you know, in a, in a virtual setting, um, that's given a lot of flexibility to people that travel, do to work, people that have uh, you know family events or other personal events that may take them out of the classroom on a particular night, or people that uh, you know just simply live outside the area of Columbus, Ohio, that uh, need that extra degree of flexibility to be able to connect with our professors and connect with our content to be able to move their way through their degrees. So that flexibility is uh, you know certainly a very important part and something that we continue to try and build on. And so as students go through the program, um, while they will all take the 27 core hours um, at some point during their time here, uh, there's some flexibility in how they schedule that. So if a student wants to take a core course, a certain core course a little bit sooner so that they can uh, move on to take electives that they're interested in, they can um, perhaps you know move their scheduling around a bit to make that happen. And uh, so having that 21 elective hours along with the 27 core hours gives students a lot of options um, when they go to move or to schedule their courses uh, from semester to semester. Then on top of that, students have the ability to um, uh, gain credit and, and get some interesting experiences through our uh, out of class experiences like our Washington campus, which is a week in Washington DC for students that really wanna see kind of the intersection between the government sector and the private sector. Uh, we also do global business expeditions where a faculty member will connect with an international firm and take a team, <clears throat> typically uh, during spring break, uh, over to that country to work on a project with that firm. And uh, also our global applied projects, which is a similar idea, but uh, tends to stretch out two to three weeks uh, you know, for a longer immersive experience for those students that uh, have the ability to schedule that time. And so um, a lot of opportunities to gain knowledge both in and out of the classroom. Then as students go through the program, well, you know, just like your question to Ben earlier, you know, a question we commonly get is uh, just how many out of classroom hours does a student need to put in per week? And so we generally say that for every um, one hour they're spending in the classroom, they're going to want to spend, you know, somewhere probably between two and three hours um, outside of the classroom. So if you're taking six credits in a semester, which is our standard uh, load for a working professional student, uh, then, you know, you want to be thinking that uh, you're probably going to be spending another 12 hours or so outside of class. And so it is a big challenge because you're doing this on top of your full-time work. And, uh, you know, most of our students have other things going on in their lives. So it's not a small commitment, but at the same time, most of our students finish uh, in about three years. So it's certainly a very attainable commitment. And, uh, you know, when they're done, they've uh, gotten an MBA degree from the program that's number one ranked in the state of Ohio. It's the number seven uh, publicly ranked program in the U.S. And uh, currently we're a top 15 ranked program. We're at number 13 right now. So with, um, you know, sort of that goal in mind and getting that sort of degree at the end of all that work, um, you know, it's certainly something where we've been able to attract a very good, uh, good one good cohort after another. And certainly something that, uh, you know, we certainly hope to continue. 
Good. And Jay, I want to follow up on the electives a little bit. Ben had mentioned that in the EMBA program, the electives are designed and there's some flexibility there within the cohort. Can you talk about the electives and what those options might look like for students in a self-paced working professional program? Yeah, again, flexibility being the key word here is that, um, you know, students want to move uh, to elective courses really in any of the um, kind of 11, beyond the 11 core areas that we've identified. Um, having those um, opportunities, we've got, uh, you know, a bevy of coursework that's going to be available to them, both on the weeknight and um, on the weekend level. And so, you know, one thing we've been certainly very proud to be able to do is been able to extend those elective offerings um, and also be able to get, um, you know, have them be in a relatively small classroom experience. Uh, kind of the average class size of our electives is between 20 and 25 students. So it's, um, you know, something that gives you a wide variety of course offerings. And um, I should also mention that they don't all have to be at the Fisher College. Uh, you know, students can take six credits at uh, any of the other colleges around campus, as long as um, the coursework is designated as being at a master's level. If you want to take a course from the law school, if you want to take a course from the John Glenn School of Public Affairs, um, if you want to take a course from the uh, School of Public Health, uh, all of those opportunities uh, are available to our students. Good. And I appreciate both of you highlighting the differences in, in the structure of the programs, the flexibility and the curriculum. Um, on that same note, you know, we talked the electives differ and some other things differ within each program. But can you talk about the differences in the fundamental courses, um, such as finance, maybe accounting or operations? Were classes delivered in the same way across the programs or are they different? And I'll go ahead and start with you, Jay, if that's OK. Yeah, that's fine. And so um, because our program is flexible, students, you know, will often be taking a number of the core courses with students that they're familiar with. But there will be a mix because, um, you know, students have an interest in taking one core course earlier so that they can um, be able to go after a certain set of electives earlier. Um, you know, it's going to be tailor fit for what it is that their interests are going to be. And so as a result, that does mean the student mix changes, you know, a bit from class to class. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're going to be uh, in and around a bunch of students that, uh, you know, average seven years of work experience. They come from, uh, you know, the major employers uh, in the Columbus area, as well as around the state of Ohio. And we're also very proud of the fact we got a lot of students that come to us from our main branches of the military as well. And so um, they bring a really good set of experiences to the classroom. Um, the professors are you know, selected for the program in such a way that they get to bring their own personal experience, you know, into the classroom and help them work in kind of a collaborative fashion with the students. So having that sort of uh, flexibility, the wide variety of faculty that we're able to uh, have teaching in our core courses, and the fact that it's going to be, um, you know, kind of a wide ranging discussion. There's going to be students in the room that, uh, you know, for example, I teach the core finance class. Uh, they come to the class never having done uh, anything more than balance their bank statement. And uh, at the same time, you know, we're also going to have uh, students that come from the banking industry who are in the class. So, um, you know, we're able to sort of gauge the level to uh, essentially match the fact that we've got kind of a wide array of student experiences. And so we think that adds a lot to the discussion and certainly adds a lot to the quality of the program. Ben, anything you want in terms of the, the core classes or the fundamental classes, maybe the differences and similarities amongst the two programs? Yeah, if I could uh, chime in and extend a little bit on, on what Jay is saying that, uh, well, I guess I want to stress that 
the overarching content and the expectations for the co-courses, I, it's the same in both programs. You're getting a, a Fisher MBA. This is a, as Jay mentioned, a very well-regarded MBA program. Uh, the expectations are the same in both programs. But I see two primary distinctions between the two programs. And first, much of business education is delivered using a participant-centered learning approach. And the idea is, as I mentioned earlier, we have a room full of smart people. If we're not learning from everybody in that room, we're not making the best use of our time together. And so much of business education is discussion-focused, where you are not just learning from the instructor, but you are learning from everybody around you. And so given that the EMBA students are at a slightly different career point on average than the WPMBA students, uh, this means that they're bringing different tools and experiences and different backgrounds into the conversations that we have in the classroom. And if students are bringing different, different backgrounds, that means the discussions will go different ways and evolve to different places. And so I think the, the nature of the discussion ends up being slightly different, but always around the same overarching content and with the same expectations on students in both programs. Okay. Thank and you. I think, uh, uh, another, another distinction is that, again, as I mentioned earlier, in the EMBA, since this is one tight-knit cohort that goes through everything together, uh, as I said, it's easier to draw connections across the different core classes and build bridges between the, the different business phenomena. Thank you, sir. Thanks. I, I agree. And it's nice to know that in both programs, you can learn from your peers and have that collaborative environment based around the same concepts. But what your classmates, you and your classmates bring to the program and to your discussion is really valuable to others. Um, I also appreciate that there's some overlap between the that we have at Fisher teaching both in the working professional MBA program and the executive MBA program. So it allows for um, definite consistency in some of those, those foundational classes. We're going to kind of switch gears a little bit here and move towards outside of the classroom. Um, our students are always really interested to learn what how we support them or what support is offered to them as students in our program. Jay, I'll start with you. If you can walk us through the career services offered to our working professional MBA students. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. So at the Fisher College of Business, we have almost 8,000 students and more than 7,000 of them are undergraduate students. And so the Working Professional Program, which has about 400 students, you know, we are a small fraction of our overall college. But despite that, we're certainly very proud of the fact that we have staff that are dedicated solely to those students. So when you come uh, toward the end of your time in the WPMBA program, um, you'll be meeting uh, frequently with your career counselor, somebody who has uh, you know, been meeting with you along the way, trying to figure out your career goals, uh, guiding you towards some coaching moments to sort of give you things to think about in terms of where you want uh, your program to end in terms of your job search. And so having those people that are just solely um, assigned to WPMBA students is a you know, very nice luxury that we have at Fisher because it allows those students to sort of start up a relationship with that person to sort of work towards, uh, you know, whether it's even just things as simple as resume writing, cover letter writing, you know, things that they may or may not have done, depending upon, uh, you know, sort of what background they're coming from or how long it's been since they've done those tasks. 
to uh, how to put together a nationwide job search, um, if that is uh, what it is that they're aiming for. So having that guidance, both from our um, Office of Career Management, also having that sort of dedicated academic advisor that we also have as they go through the program, somebody who's going to be able to you know, sort of keep pace with them every semester as they go through to make sure that they are on track to graduate, making sure that they're sort of hitting all their marks as they go. Having those people, you know, basically dedicated to them um, and their growth as they move through the program is, uh, you know, certainly something we're very proud of at Fisher. It's something that is um, a service that we're, uh, you know, is very important to provide in this environment because our students, um, you know, they come from a wide variety of backgrounds. And so it's not going to be one size fits all as far as academic advising or job search strategies or things like that. So having those people dedicated to those students is something that's, you know, really necessary and something that we're certainly very proud to offer. Good. And Ben, assuming your program, I know they do, offers um, a wide range of supportive options for our students as well. Could you walk us through what some of that student support looks like on the EMBA side? I think some of, some of the key elements that we provide to students. Uh, first, we the EMBA program has an executive coach in residence who is uh, present when the student's on campus, who is always available in between sessions. And this coach in residence is there to help each student with their specific professional challenges. And so it's very much a one-on-one -on -one coaching model where students have this resource that can give them additional perspective and ideas as they navigate their careers. Uh, and so that and has proven to be very, very high value to the students in this program. And uh, second, we understand that the sort of students that we want in the MBA program are some of the busiest people around. I mean, we're, we're all busy, but we are committed to making sure that the EMBAs can maximize their time spent learning and networking with their peers. So as such, the MBA program provides basically a, a concierge style service model where the program takes care of class registration, it takes care of ordering all the teaching materials and getting them delivered to you, it takes care of hotel reservations when you come to campus for the weekend, it takes care of all the meals. The idea is we want students to be able to focus, be focused on learning. And so let's outsource everything else away from the students so they can be students first and foremost, and that's all they have to pay attention to. Uh, when they are around in campus working with their peers. Sounds like tremendous benefits in both programs and clearly some differences, um, but there are also our students, you know, who might be torn in between, um, even after us kind of explaining the, the uh, differences of each programs here. So um, Ben, I'm going to start with you and then kick it over to Jay as we wrap up the session here. But what advice would you give to those who are trying to decide which program is the best fit for that? Maybe they fit into both categories or they could be ideal for both based on your explanations. What advice do you have? So th this is this is kind of a hard question. So because I have taught in both programs, uh, and from my perspective, like it is clear, both programs are great programs. The quality of students in both programs are just fabulous. The networks that students develop are great. The quality of the content is great. Uh, but if you're deciding between one or the other, I would say maybe think about how important 
developing relationships and bonding with peers and similar career points is to you. And I look at the Working Professional MBA program as a program where students build solid, great relationships with a lot of classmates, while the EMBA program, it's a program where the students build incredible and intense relationships, but with a tighter cohort of people. And so which model works best for you will, will should probably be weighed as you're determining which of these programs is going to be the right fit for you. Jay, in your mind, uh, what advice do you have for a candidate that fits both the ideal profile for an executive MBA program and the working professional program as they navigate that decision? Certainly. So what Ben said is certainly very apt. And uh, probably the one thing I would um, uh, augment that with is look at you know, kind of where you're at in your career, because um, I think it is true that, uh, you know, our program does tend to skew a bit younger with um, in terms of uh, age as well as number of years of work experience. And so, um, you know, where um, we occasionally have that candidate that, uh, you know, certainly could be a great candidate for one program or the other, um, you know, that, that often comes down to the tiebreaker. If, uh, you know, if we have a, a student that, um, you know, has had some uh, good quality management experience, but, you know, perhaps a more limited amount of it in terms of number of years, then maybe that person is, uh, you know, maybe a little bit nudged towards the WP program, or perhaps that would be a better fit for them. On the other hand, uh, you know, regardless of uh, the number of years, if somebody's been uh, working in top management um, and uh, is really needing that, you know, upper level, executive level type of uh, not only education, but coaching, um, that sort of thing, you know, I think is probably uh, going to be better suited to that type of student. So, you know, whether it's uh, the number of years of work experience or the type of work experience, certainly it's going to be a mix of the two. Um, that often, you know, sort of, yeah, maybe perhaps helps us uh, lean the student uh, towards one program or the other. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wellman and Dr. Campbell, for your time today. And thank you for our listeners for tuning in to learn about the Working Professional MBA Program and Executive MBA Program at Fisher College of Business. For more information on our offerings, please visit fisher.osu.edu.